Welcome to Chuck and Anthony Ragnatalk, the premier prestige format, limited edition podcast series all about the greatest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor Ragnarok. I'm Anthony Carboni sitting across the internet from, I mean, I know the entire internet has embraced gritty, yeah, but I yeah. think you've embraced gritty the most. Chuck hi, Wendy. Hi, yeah. Hi. Hi. Gritty's good. Gritty is good. Gritty is lit. There's just nothing wrong with Gritty. I feel like- Did you just dab? Time, you guys couldn't see it, just, but Chuck dabbed slowly dabbed. three times after he said that Gritty hard. was lit. So hard. <laughs> gritty, man. You know, I feel like this is a podcast only only about Thor Ragnarok, but I think it's important uh, that we, uh, you know, we have a, an orange monster in uh, the White House, and uh, I think it's good to counterbalance with our own orange monster. You know what I mean? I think we need- Oh, this is a fire. This is a fire with fire thing. Well, you know, right? I mean, come on. To defeat the monster, you must become the monster. You must become. You must embrace the monster. Like, and he's just kind of enough of like a Sesame Street on meth kind of thing that I'm into it. That's the thing is he has this very, uh, he has this very um, uh, HR puffin stuffy, yeah, early Chuck E. Cheesy sort of like in the '70s when we didn't know what was cute. Yeah. Or like we knew what was cute, but like everybody was also like on psychedelics. Yeah. And, and they so, came back from Vietnam and they're like, just fuck it, man. Yeah. Fuck and it. it's like kids think this is cute, right? And everything yeah. looks like a nightmare terror monster. Yeah. Like, there's like an uncanny valley-esque component to that. And I'm into it. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know that it's good, but it's there. It's, it's definitely it's, there. It's necessary. Gritty is yeah. there. He's there. Um, listen, like you said, this is, this is a podcast that's about only. Thor Ragnarok and only about Thor Ragnarok. But sometimes that means we're a podcast about some other Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I want to talk about some of this Spider-Man Far From Home stuff that's been dropping. Oh, Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Noel Spider-Man. Dear Noel Spider-Man. Spitter. <laughs> protector. Spitterin. Noel Spitterman DDS. Yep. The greatest dentist in New York. Fuck it's, your uh, molars are safe with him. With great power comes great power drills for your teeth. Yeah. We're yeah. getting those controlled leaks that you get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right around this time of year. Yeah. And I like, there are two costumes that we saw, and yeah. one of them is a costume that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, the other one is the stealth suit. The stealth suit, yeah. <laughs> that's not the near and dear one. No. No, no, no. no. The stealth suit out of all the suits to use, yeah. that weird, like, S&M harness stealth suit. Yeah, spider bondage. On a teen yeah. Peter Parker. Sure, go ahead. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, but no, also no. No, but yes, but no, but it's yeah. happening. Yeah, and, we can't uh, stop it now. But the other one is a is the black and red suit, which is- I like that. It's technically a new suit, but it's also not. Yeah. Because it is mostly based on the original Alex Ross sketches for the first Spider-Man movie. When Sony came, when Sony started designing- the Spider-Man movie, they went to Alex Ross because he was just off of uh, Marvel's and I think Kingdom Come was- Yeah, Kingdom was, Come, right. Because uh, it was, Spider-Man was what, 2000, 2001? Oh gosh, don't, we don't need to do that. Um. So anyway, Alex Ross was like, you couldn't make a comic without an Alex Ross cover at that time. Right. Uh, it just wasn't allowed. It was It was the comics it's code the law. authority. It was, the law. it was in the law, yeah. Was right putting the law. it down. They were like, listen, Wonder Woman- has gotta has, can't do this bondagey stuff, and you gotta uh, put an Alex Ross cover on things, and that yep. was the Comics Code Authority. That's um, fair. There was much less sex in Archie at that point in time. Uh, anyway, but <laughs> there was like a, a, 
a, a sketch that Alex Ross did that was very nearly the original movie suit that was an all black and red, like very stripped down, simplified suit with kind of the electric company eyes. Yeah, that's right. Um, in the 80s, there was a there was a PBS show called The Electric Company that yep. had a live action, The Adventures of Spidey. Yep. And he had these like weird eyes. And and Alex Ross also kind of gave him The Adventures of Spidey eyes in Marvels. But um, Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so this Far From Home suit, like, to me is very like, oh, Alex Ross is finally getting his due yeah. on this. It's he, very good. That's good. He's coming home. He's not far from home anymore. He's 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 not far. He's not yeah. far. Right now he's dust. Yep. Oh. But have you um uh, I know you're you're out there in the lucky uh left coast land, right? And I know pretty much I think everybody that I know in Los Angeles has seen uh the Spider-Verse movie. Have you oh. seen it? I, I have not a, I have not seen the Spider-Verse. Then it's film just yet. you. It's just you. Everyone I'm literally the only one who hasn't seen Spider-Verse. I, I think you're right. Every day I, I log on to Twitter and I'm just like, hey, what's up, every fucking you? You, you, yeah. You went and like, saw Spider-Verse? It's in the water there. I don't know. I've, that. I've been thinking about calling some people at, sure. at that Sony that I know and being like, hey, can you uh you get your boy up. into some Spider-Verse? Hook it up. But I also like, here's the thing with the early screenings. Yeah. With early screenings, I don't go to many of them because my wife is more into movies than I am. Okay. Uh, and she will always be more excited than I am about any any movie. Any Anything. movie. Is there any movie that you would be more excited about? Or is it the just the most like, I can never? do is equal her. She just okay. loves every movie. She's That's just awesome. such she, she's one of those people, right? Yeah. Um, so anytime I get invited to an early screening, if I don't get like a guest pass, That's it. I don't go. Yeah. I don't go because, like, what am I going to see Spider Verse before her? What a dick no, move! No, don't do that. If I was still working at at an outlet where I needed to review these things, it would be fine. But to just be like, "Hey, I got invited to Spider Verse. Bye, honey." Book yeah, what are you what are you doing tonight? Nothing. Okay, Nothing good. cool. Uh, keep the TV dinner warm for me. <laughs> uh, Fun being alone. <laughs> I am excited about uh, about Spider Verse. I think Spider Man PS4. Yeah. Was was the closest thing to to a Spider-Man story that that I really want a universe. It was Spider pure. It was good. Pure. Yeah. It it used all those good elements and, and kind of I think we talked a little bit about this. The uh, the Spidey and Ox story had a motivation. Oh god, that was like that was like the best part of it. Yeah, like all this yeah. stuff. Uh Spider-Verse while just being one of the most batshit crazy things batshit. to ever happen in the comics. Fucking cuckoo banana pants. So Spider-Verse, if you, if you haven't read, I mean, I'm sure you've seen trailers for the movie, but in the comics, Spider-Verse was literally this thing where every version of Spider-Man that had ever been mentioned across all media was coming together yeah. uh, to defeat a big bad. And uh, it was Dan Slott was the architect behind it. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that reminds me that if... There was a DC Batman thing earlier uh, last year that was called uh, Dark Knight's Metal for Batman. Oh, the, yeah, Metal, Metal Knight, yeah. Uh, and that was basically Scott Snyder had been like the Batman writer for so long, and he was he was stepping back. And before you leave, you get to do one batshit crazy thing. <laughs> batshit, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like Dan Slott was like, hey, listen, I'm going to be like toning down my output a bit. <laughs> I want this. But here's what I want. You give me this. Give yeah. me Spider-Verse. This is yeah. what I want. This is well, my Because obviously, big you know, with like Marvel and, and DC too, they have, like, you know, they get so massive and unruly and out of control in terms of their output and in terms of their storytelling that they either need to blow it all up 
as they have done time and time again, or they need to do the thing where they're like, we have multiple universes. And so with Spider-Verse, we are seeing that there are multiple spider men's and women's and pigs across uh, various universes. Yeah, so uh, it was just like Dark Knight's Metal. I, I thought it was fun, but it wasn't anything that I needed. Those kinds of things don't really appeal to, they appeal to me on a conceptual level. Right. Right, like I love the idea of like, oh, cool, like Spider-Ham is running around with <laughs> with like the Japanese 70s, like live action Spider-Man. Sure, right. this is great. Yeah. Uh, even even my favorite, which was the late 70s, uh, early 80s live action American Spider-Man series, even that guy got a little love, <laughs> um, which was, it was a terrible series. Yeah. But I, I, for some reason, I saw it on like VHS when I was a kid. And I was like, this is Spider-Man and it's this real. It. I can't this believe it. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a terrible show. But every Spider-Man was there and that was kind of the fun of it. Yeah. I think the movie is a way more fun idea. <laughs> oh God, and it, it looks looks pretty sublime. I'm gonna Doing it in you. two hours instead of like yeah, right. multiple months across yeah. like, you know, I, I think you bought probably $400 worth of comics when it was all said and done. Yeah. It's and fun. this just keeps it like trim. I yeah. Mean, in terms of it's like it gets a little weird, but it obviously doesn't get what the fuck weird. Like you know, uh, my favorite thing about it so far is um, Mulaney as Spider Ham. Yeah, yeah. Mulaney as Spider Ham is like inspired. It's gifted. Um, it's, it's perfect. So yeah, so a lot of lot of Spidey stuff going on. I'm I'm excited for that. I I love the I love the art style. I love that they're doing yeah. the. Uh, it's very it's very torn from actually the Spider Gwen art. It seems yes, like it seems like it's right out of the pages of issue one of Spider Gwen. Yeah, yeah which is lovely because I think that's one of the most uh, visually inspired comics of like the last ten years. Agreed. Um, but the biggest, the biggest, biggest, biggest Marvel news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That purple Thor, farmer Thor man is back. Oh, 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 right, right. The purple thick, thick daddy. Thick daddy is back. Our, our snap, our snapping daddy. Yep, the snappening. The snappening is the snappination is, is back and it's better than ever, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers Endgame got mm-hmm. a teaser. Yeah, little little teaser, little thing, little bit. Very little Thor in it. One out of ten, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and he looks like he's eight mile Thor. Yeah, yeah, he's like just, he's, he's about to ready run rabbit run. Yeah, it seems like he's just sitting. Sitting almost like it looks like he's in a cell. Like it's very weird. Yeah. Uh, it's a very Tony Stark heavy trailer. Yep. Um, it's Tony adrift. Um, which is you know, like you said, Marvel. Marvel really likes to physicalize the internal things of their yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, they like to put it put it right there. It's not on the. It's it's really on the nose. Like literally yeah. on your nose. There he is, adrift. Yeah. Um. But the biggest thing about the trailer, I mean, it's it's a teaser. Yeah, it's, it's a teaser. It's, it's nothing. It's, it's Marvel teasers are, I'm not saying it's nothing in that it's not cool. I'm saying it's nothing in that there's, there's not a lot of meat to it because Marvel teasers are very good at doing a specific thing, which is one character is monologuing over a single piano note. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and it's very powerful because we're very invested in this character. Sure. Uh, and they got me again. But yep. the big thing at the end is, of course, Scott Lang showing up. I know, right? Right, fresh from the uh, post-credit scene of uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. Yep, because everybody for months has been like, Scott Lang is the key. Scott Lang is the key. Uh, and Marvel is also very good at misdirection. Yes. So uh, 
<laughs> so we're going to see what happens there. Yeah, Marvel is yeah. very good at being like, oh, y'all think Scott Lang is the key? Great. Yeah. Here's a little scene yeah. that either confirms or, or totally misleads you. Yeah, and of course, the, the end game phrase is from Strange from uh, Infinity War. So. Yep, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited, but uh, obviously they're, they're glossing over... Uh, look... Captain Marvel can't just show up and save the day. That's, um... But would we be sad with that? (laughs) Here's the thing. (laughs) That would be okay. I'd also be kind of into that. I'd be cool with it, but I think over the course of 20 movies, for a character... Yeah, Captain Marvel at this point would be very deus ex machina, and I think they, um... I think they know that, and they're trying to stay away from that as much as they can. As yeah, and I'm much- sure the film, uh, her standalone, which also that trailer dropped, I think, since we last spoke. That right? trailer has dropped. Yeah, yeah and so that's it's very, very Marvel. Good. It's a very Marvel-heavy week. Yeah, um, yeah, that was very good. The scene of her punching her way through space is like, that's just, I, I need that in my life right now. I just need it. I require did you, it. Did you ever think, when you were watching X-Men 3 or X-Men 47 <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is, yeah. and you were watching... Uh, uh, just an eerie, just a scary and eerie uh, young Patrick Stewart talking to a young Ian McClellan. Yeah. Just looking Tron as hell. Yep. Um, did you ever think that we would get to young Sam Jackson in Captain mm. Marvel? No, my God. The no. most convincing shit. I feel like I am watching a, a, a yeah. 90s and early 90s Samuel L. Jackson. It almost upsets me it's, because it's too good. It, like, I feel like nothing matters anymore and you could do anything you want uh, with enough money. I think it, it's one of those things where every time a movie does this, yeah, uh, you get an article that's about like uh, estate likeness rights. Yeah. To to major actors. Right? That's so creepy. Like and, I know Lucas talked about this like what 10, 20 years ago. And people yeah. were like, one day this is gonna happen. And you're like, nah, I don't know. And then now you have this. And then you watch and then you watch Rogue One and you're like, oh, what's up, Peter Cushing? Yeah. Yeah. But oh, that okay. was like you could set you could see that that was like, all oh, right, it's kind of a little off. I can't, I mean, I can tell. Yeah. You see him in the you had they kind of had to reflect his face a lot. But then this the Sam Jackson thing is like. You, I believe in actual magic at this point. I have a theory that we're seeing uh, the majority of the Sam Jackson scenes in that trailer. Oh, we yeah, that's interesting. Be. Yeah. Uh, because they, you can't keep that up for an— I mean, maybe you can keep it up maybe for an entire movie. I don't know, yeah. but it's it seems like a lot. Um, but I mean, yeah, they did it's, it with, it's crazy. Yeah, they did an Ant-Man. They've done it now with, uh, with Iron Man and Civil War with um, Tony Stark. They yeah. really do a fantastic job at randomly de-aging people. Yeah. <sighs> spooky spooky as hell and it's one yeah and it's one of those things where like uh i know they said that they were like they're they're not going to use a carrie fisher they're not going to use like peter cushing sort of was like yeah you could do this like like peter cushing's family said like yeah he would be totally legit with this sure there's going to be a weird legal thing anyway this is our podcast about legal issues but mostly about thor ragnarok we're getting getting to the end of thor ragnarok this is almost it this is, I feel like after this, we've got like five minutes of story for our final episode and then yeah. five minutes of credits. So this is, this is mm. big. This is big. This is big. This is the Christmas for us. This is like Christmas. This is, yeah. We're opening um, our presents at this point. Uh, so we start off with Hela and Scourge busting into the empty stronghold, but nobody surprises Heimdall the all-seeing. No, you can't surprise that guy. You're just going to walk into the fucking stronghold and be- Heimdall would be like, whoops, I didn't know you were cup. Cu- fuck no, off. He knew. He knew. He's also Luther, so he he's a detective. Yeah, he's steps he ahead. He knows shit. But he's, but he's prickly, you know? He's prickly. He's very prickly. He doesn't let people in. 
Um, so uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about Heimdall. Okay. Uh, specifically in, in Marvel Comics and in Norse mythology. Okay, yeah. Uh, Marvel Heimdall first appeared in Journey into Mystery number 85 in 1962. Uh, in the comics, he is the brother of Sif. Hmm. They are siblings. Um, I don't know if I knew that. And he uh, he basically serves the same purpose that he does here in the film. They basically got him, they got him right in terms of the comics uh, yeah. because they don't use him much, so there wasn't much to screw up. Underused character. There, Under, yeah. Uh, he, does, uh, he does become ruler of Asgard for a while in the comics. Really? After Good the death of yeah, after the death of Odin, Heimdall, the all-seeing, becomes the uh the ruler of Asgard, which causes hmm. some friction between him and Thor. Um there is the shattering of the Rainbow Bridge in the comics, which happens after Surtur invades. Um, oh. And uh, that does not destroy Asgard in the comics. It actually frees up Heimdall to run around more in Asgard, which sure. is interesting. Um but Heimdall in Norse mythology is a Similar in a lot of ways and different. Yeah, a little in a lot different. Of ways Big old horn blower. That Big guy. Old, yeah, he's got that Galler horn. He's been Galler playing. horn. He's been playing Destiny from the beginning. He did that sure. raid. Sure. He's got all of his exotics. Yeah. Uh, Galler horn is. Uh, I love this thing that's in so many different mythologies of the guy who blows the horn that lets you know the world is ending. Yeah, I know the horn. Like I feel like if I ever hear a giant loud horn I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, it's that's it's so funny how that and it translates into I mean obviously it has its its roots in in people who would actually keep watching blow horns and it goes today into things like air raid sirens and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. It's it's wild to me that there are so many mythologies that have this. It's like of course the watchman blows the horn. Yep. When the invaders are coming, uh, he lives in Himmenbjorg, yep, which is Heaven's Castle or Castle sure. of Heaven's Mountain, or uh, just which, Sweden. It's just Sweden, or probably. just Sweden. Uh, yeah. It's where the Bifrost meets the sky. I don't know if they call, I don't know if they call it Himmenbjorg in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but um, right. he does. Uh, he he's literally described as sitting in the castle of Heaven's Mountain, sipping fine mead while watching for the end of the world. Man, that's a that's a pretty fly life right there. That's a dope life. He's that's, he's, just, that's good. He's the keeper of the lighthouse basically. Yeah. Um he is born of nine mothers. Yeah, I know. Who isn't really these nine days? Nine mothers. Yeah, nine mothers. That's some wild that's some wild science. Uh that's they some mythological cuckoo pantsness. Yeah, they're supposed to be the nine daughters that personify the nine daughters of Aegir and Ron who personify the waves. So Heimdall was born of the sea. Oh, that's interesting. He has gold teeth. Sure. And uh, he is said to be the originator of social classes within humanity. Oh, uh, that's a little bit of social a- media. I was like, please don't be. If it's, can we blame him for Twitter then? Uh, the final thing that I've, that I read that I never heard before, Chuck. Yeah. Uh huh. There are some theories that Heimdall is the personification of Yggdrasil, the world tree. The world tree. I love Yggdrasil, the world tree. The world tree and Heimdall might be one and the same. Really? I love that. I love, I love that, that as a theory. Do you know there's a, uh, a like a mythological squirrel who runs up and down the world tree? Yes. Ratatosk. Ratatosk. And Ratatosk yeah, is actually uh, represented in the Thor comics as well. Oh, good. Good. 
Yeah, there was a there was a thing recently, I think last year, where they had to go to the world. Oh, Doctor Strange goes to the world tree. Nice. To get his magic back. Sure. And uh Ratatosk is there. And I was like, oh hell yeah, Ratatosk. We need we need like a tie-in to Squirrel Girl. Just get that done. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see Tippy yeah. and Ratatosk yes. meet each other. See? Oh we, we can get this done. I'll just that's, tweet about that's it. That's definitely a pet Avengers in yeah. the making. Uh Phase Heimdall five. also has a horse, by the way. He does have a horse. So going back to Pet Gull, Avengers. Gulltopper. Yeah, Gulltopper. And uh, what is Odin's horse? Sleep, Sleepnir? Sleepnir? Sleepnir. Yeah, and, and then, uh, Thor doesn't have a horse, does he? In, in I mythology? don't think Thor does. Most of these guys Loki get horses. But, yeah, Loki has a horse. Doesn't Loki have the, uh, no. Who's got the horse that's got eight eight? Oh, feet? that's Sleipnir, that right? That's that, That's Odin. That's Odin. But I think there was a, it's funny, there's, there's some theory that Heimdall was given a horse by uh, Snorri, Snorri Snurgerson, or I can't remember his sure. name, the guy in the 13th. But yeah. it's, uh, there's this theory that Heimdall was given a horse specifically just to give order and structure. Sure. So it's just like everybody gets a cool horse. Yeah, everybody gets a cool <laughs> horse. You just get one. You get a horse and you get a horse. It's, it's really funny because you look at it, it's like, oh no, everybody gets a cool horse and everybody gets a cool weapon. Yeah. And that's what you get. Wait, what uh, the but, fuck? Hold on. Sleepnir is the um, offspring of Loki? Yeah, Loki. Loki was fucking some horses. Yeah. Loki that's a thing in myth. That's a, that's a myth thing where people just turn into animals and then fuck other animals. Yeah, there was or a thing fuck where- humans Loki, as animals. Loki turned into a horse. Yeah. Seduced uh, a giant stallion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was a guy who was coming to- uh, He was- Oh, he was trying to build a wall. Yeah. And he told the gods that he could build the greatest wall. And if he built the greatest wall, he would get Freya, Odin's wife, he would get Freya's hand. Yeah. Uh, and so Loki turned into a horse and seduced the giant's horse As in one order does. to slow the giant down. Sure, sure. Norse mythology is wild, y'all. It's wacky. It's so it's wacky. wild. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Heimdall. That's Heimdall. And Heimdall fucking rules. And uh, I'm giving this little le- I'm giving this little background on Heimdall for no reason. Heimdall's no reason. fine. He's gonna be fine. Everybody's gonna be forever. Good. Uh, forever. So going back to the story, uh, after everybody hightails it out of the back of the stronghold. Yeah. See, this is where to me there's just a a, a gear slipping in the film where obviously there's this mountain mm-hmm. fortress which is ways away from the palace. Yes. And then we know that uh, Hela is there with Scourge, and we know that Thor has gone to the palace right, to distract her, and she's in the mountain fortress looking upon the emptied out space when Thor is thumping the, the whatever the fuck that is, a trident or whatever on the ground. This is and some then, real third act compression yeah, of time. She instantly is there. Now, I understand what they're, like, she hears it from across Asgard and she we clearly get the sense that she has probably moved from one place to the other but there's no sense of that movement it looks like those are Thor is in that fortress stuff gets real slippery yeah. here in Act stuff gets three. a little gooey it gets uh, a little gooey I have some questions about the yeah. length of the rainbow bridge too yeah because um, <laughs> it's uh it just sort of there's a lot happening on that bridge this is where and this movie has been very good about not this until now and right and, um and for the this most part, it doesn't of, matter because yeah. it's so awesome. You just don't care. Yeah, exactly. But, and this is kind of what what 
Max was talking about uh, a, a couple weeks back when we had him on, which is sort of like sometimes in these movies, things just happen because it's time for them to happen. Yeah, it's like very it's act- plot driven in a yeah. sense that and I've been that guy where you're writing a thing. You're like, well, I need the shit to explode now, which is the wrong way to do it. You really can't tell stories that way. You can't be like the big thing is going to happen and then I will puppet people to make it happen. Whereas really, it's like people make choices and do things and that is the plot. They're just sort of creating plot as they go. Yeah, and if if the travel between the mountain and the the throne is instantaneous, then like, why even split up and try to distract? Like, right? You could have just you could have honestly just shown a, a two second scene of her striding across the emptied out uh, Asgard. Yeah, just that it would have been the. And I feel like again, we said it last week. There's really some. I feel like there's some bits on the the cutting room floor here, whether in terms of script or when whether whether they filmed it. Uh, there's definitely some goofy stuff that just a little bridging. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is where we get the gift of the official Tessa Thompson gif. Yeah. Um, the, the bumping of the, the bumping of the, of the gun. Yep. Which is, Uh, it's really my, if you want to define my current sexuality, it's right there. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what it is. That's how I identify. I feel like if I, if I were currently on Tinder or match or whatever, that would be, Really, my whole profile just be like that would be it. This is it. This is everything you need to know about me. That's all you need to know about me right now. That's it. Uh, but Hella does teleport back to the throne, and we're yeah. not going to worry <laughs> yeah. about it too much. She's there. She's just there. She took an Uber. Took a lift. Uh, there are a couple lines from this that I really love because obviously this is the this is it. This is the climax of the emotional it. conflict between the between the two siblings. And there's some good stuff here. Yeah, you never knew him. Not at his best. Not at his best. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. And where do you think all this gold? Oh, came that's from? A, that's a really that's a, like a historically a, a sort of an upsetting line, and it, yeah. it's it's staring down the barrel of that sort of colonial uh, you know horror and repurposing that goes on. It and it, I am so glad that they end up destroying Asgard because if you don't, you kind of then continue to do the thing where he paves over everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's so I'm glad they did. They destroyed it. That's good. It's interesting. It would have been interesting to keep it existing in some form as as an anti Wakanda. Sure. Um, I think there's I think there's sort of a cool balance in that, but that's maybe not something because these heroes are split off into different movies so often. I don't think that's something you could really bring to a head in an interesting yeah. way. Um, but yeah, the the whole idea of the subsumed idea of colonialism in this movie is very good, and. Um, this is where it all comes to a head. And and I do, I do love that idea of like the guilt of I am the, I am the king of this kingdom that was, that was basically built on pain. Yeah. So much blood. So drowned, much blood. Drowned. Whole uh, galaxies and, in blood. Yeah. So, and they, um, she's part of that legacy and then part of that covering up of that legacy. And it's really, yeah, it's really interesting because it's like, no, this is, there's, there's integrity on both sides, which I think is interesting. Yeah. There's an integrity in Hela because it's like, no, this is what we are. And mm-hmm. if we're going to be this, let's embrace it. Right. Um, and there's an integrity on Thor's side, which is saying, we don't have to be this anymore. Obviously Thor's in the right, but there's, what I love is that we are coming back to the fact that, that this is a villain that makes sense. Yeah. And it shows you that Odin was himself kind of a villain. Um, and I also like that it reflects back to, we've talked a lot about sort of the fun of the family struggles that are present in this. This is very much a family thing. Like, I don't know. We've talked a little bit about our families, but like I have an older half sister who is, let's just go with not like the most together person in the world. Same. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, kind of like there's definitely like a, what if we just quietly 
kind of pave over that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's, huh, what? What person? I don't know who that person is. Yeah, and, and uh, So, it, yeah, there's definitely a little of that, like, you know, hey, I'm angry at this, but also, like, you know, Hela maybe deserved her hope. <laughs> maybe she's not a sane together person, uh, being the goddess of death and all. Yeah, but she's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, she was given, it, it is a good mirroring of Thor. She was given her job. Yep. She did her job well. Yep. She did everything that was asked of her. And, and now. And now what do you get for that, right? Yeah. Um. So I, I do like that. Uh, she was raised into a broken legacy and then discarded because she was part of that broken legacy. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I, I am a little bummed that we're not going to get a little more with Odin. Yeah. Uh, because I do want, I do want a sort of reckoning between Thor. Yeah, he and gets Odin. he gets really like he's just sort of okay now. Like, yeah, he's dead, but we get another scene with him coming up in this bit, and uh, it's just like fine. It would be interesting to see. Maybe maybe it's something they'll explore a little more in the Loki series when they do that. On yeah, the, uh, or Thor Ragnarok too. Yeah, Thor. There's got to be a Ragnarok too. There's got to be. Jesus, it's got to happen. There's uh-huh. no other way to go now. Damn it. Yeah. Um, I do like that Thor is like, it, it can't be you. You're just the worst. You're just the worst. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a, uh, it would just, be you. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's so funny, man. It's, it's Hemsworth is so funny, but also like, this is the sum total of all of Thor's emotional growth. Yeah. And it You're just not comes- good. <laughs> you, you suck though. So. Yeah. You shouldn't get the inheritance. Basically. I see where you're coming from, but nah. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Um, so yeah. So this is where we get the shot of everybody trying to escape on the on the rainbow bridge. On the rainbow bridge. And like, yo. Yeah. You're not that's a four-day walk. Oh, got it. Yeah. It looks like a journey. You're not getting How to does that. anyone get anywhere? No. Yeah. Like, it's really, like, I think about that opening gag where Thor flies away, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, how does anybody travel in Asgard? Yeah, or at least away from Asgard. Maybe they don't leave. Maybe that's not, like, the airport is just super far from the city. It's one yep. of those deals. Uh, but this is where Fenrir comes back. Yep, Fenrir. Sweet I Fenrir. love me some Fenrir. How could you not love Fenrir? Uh, and, and Scourge is here because, once again, Time and distance are very compressed in action. They don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. Like, yeah. like that's the thing is, even if Hella rode a giant evil blade right. or something, yeah. how did Scourge get there? Yeah. We've seen that Scourge runs like a slow, dumb idiot. Yeah. Anyway, he's uh, just there. It's fine. Give me the sword. Uh, by the way, Heim- Heimdall's sword's name is Hofund. Mm. That's just a little little Ho-fund. fun fact for just you, a right fun there. Fun fact for you. Yeah. Um, there is, and then we go back to the throne room. There's a great BTS and I'll try to remember to put it in the, in the description for the episode, but it's the same thing that shows the making of the Valkyrie scene. This is bright sun films, yeah, uh, or bright star films, whatever they're called showing the BTS of the making of the throne room fight. Nice. And going back to Sam Jackson, there's a lot of CG Kate Blanchett and Chris Hemsworth in this. Yeah, and you wouldn't know it because it's really pretty perfect. That opening jump at each other, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, all right, that's probably yeah. computers. It's probably a couple of computers fighting each other. Just but, fighting each other in this But current. a lot of this is. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting to see. Uh, but a lot of this that is, a lot of this is practical too. Like Hemsworth getting kind of spun around yeah. by the halberd. That's a real shot. That's a real thing, yeah. 
And I, I love watching that because you know that they had to do that like 10 times. I know. I love that Disney's now using, you see that bit where they're using actual like, not quite robots, but like automatons, like floppy bodied metal creatures. That was, uh, Grant Imahara was part of that team. I love Grant. Grant is amazing. And he was part of that team. He's, he was working on it, I think he said for something like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, this is but a long time coming. Yeah, it's like these pre-programmable robots. Yep, flipping that, them around. <laughs> yeah, cool. they can run. They can, yeah. uh, you, you program them to do certain things. And like they showed one doing like a Spider-Man swing and it kicks its yep. legs at the right time and flips. Yeah. And What's awesome like, is one day these guys will hunt us across the wasteland. That's what's so yeah, great. so great. Is so we good. have definitely chosen the form of the destructor yeah. on this. Every one. time we watch a YouTube video of some Boston Dynamics funny little dog doing the dance, I'm like, oh, we're all God. dead. We're all gonna fucking die. This is it. Do you know what's terrible? I mean, you know the video of the of the, the small dog, not uh, 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 slipping on a banana peel, uh-huh. and everybody's like, ha ha, no, ha ha ha. That dog remembers that. Yeah, I was like, no, that happens once. Yeah, you get to use that once. Yep, and then it remembers banana peels. Yeah, you, like you can't actually delete a hard drive, and, and that's love, in there. They gave it that weird thing, the the articulated arm on top of it with the grabber Which is claw. Also, kind of like a vulture skull. Like yes, it's a terrifying Velociraptor esque. They made it a skexy. Yeah, it's a skexy. That's what it is. Oh, oh god, I hate shit. it. We're doomed. I We're doomed. hate it so much. Oh, God. Uh, but anyway, they're using yeah. them in movies now. Yay. What they'll do is they'll take one of these robots. Yep. They'll computer map Sam Jackson over it. Yeah. And sure. uh, everyone everyone will be out of work forever. No, what I, I, you know, but then I think the evolution of that is the robots will eventually hunt us to become the stunt doubles. They will grab us and flip us around and film us doing, like, yeah, yeah, snap, yeah. Our, snap us into pieces. Because robots be- are expensive to fix. You can make yeah. new humans for free. You can make new humans super easy. We're just rubbery, <laughs> rubbery, gelatinous creatures. You know, on some level, Chuck, I welcome the freedom of being livestock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you just kind of give into it. Yeah. I welcome the freedom from choice. I like, think, uh, you know, I think, mm-hmm. I watch The Matrix and I think about it. Yeah. Am I a red pill guy? Yeah. Or are you know. like Cypher? Are you Cypher? Yeah. Although Cypher's a little different because he kind of knows like what's up. Yeah. I'd like to be set free from it like Cypher and then choose to go back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's who I'd like to be. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to be the guy who gives up and chickens out. Sure. You know, like a scourge. Like I'd a like scourge. I'd like to be a scourge. Yeah, a scourge. Sweet scourge. Um, so. Mm-hmm. This is uh this is where we see the loss of Thor's eye. Yeah, and a, another great line. Yeah, now you remind now me you of look dad. like dad. Yeah, now you remind me of dad. And just such a venomous, snarky shit dripping from her lips on that one. It's so good. Her delivery is aces. Yeah, and I just love yeah. this. Is uh, one of my favorite things was when the trailers for this movie came out. They removed the effect of the missing eye for certain scenes. Yep. Do you remember that? So people yeah, would know. So you didn't know. Misdirects. That's Marvel great. Marvel knows So uh, let me go can back. I, can I actually, can yeah. I say a part of a disappointment though, that she never ever uses her spiky head horns for ill purpose. Yeah. They, right? They, because like you see like the, the Kylo Ren scene, the first fight with him and Ray or uh, Finn in the first place, he actually takes the cross guard, which everyone thinks is dumb, whatever your opinion is on that. Mm-hmm. He actually uses it. It's a, he turns it and burns. And it's like, all right, okay, he's using it. It's a cool yeah. thing. I saw it, and he's using it now. But 
head horns. Come on, man. Spear some dudes. Listen. I want to see like a whole gaggle of corpses just stuck on our head horns. Can I, can I tell you something? I'm one of those tell people me. that like, I saw the cross guard and I was like, duh. Yeah. I'm waiting for more shit. More shit. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for somebody who's got like, you know, tiny, tiny light daggers and like tiny, size. Yeah, light fingertips, lightsaber fingertips. Whatever yeah, and you like want, a light halberd and shit. Yeah. Like, let's oh, do this. Oh, light halberd would be great. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. Why say, why just a saber? Right. Like no one's stuck with a sword. Yeah. I mean, why you, not you, some you, like, you wear them on your wrists and they come out like hidden blades. Yeah. Like, come on. Jesus. Let's get Star wild Wars. with it. Get together, Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I was a little bummed that they were purely ornamental too. They're, yeah. She's so per- close. She's holding them up, and they're there. And I'm like, all you got to do is just, just stick them with it. Just like just like a jerky, just like a, just lower them onto it, and yeah, then just spin gently. around like a helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's a Thor <laughs> sprinkler system. It's great. Uh yeah, it's a missed opportunity for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to the bridge, and we've got uh, the stupid dog won't die. Yeah. And it's it's a decent line, but what I really love is the look on Banner's face when he realizes yeah. what he has to do in this moment. Yes. There's a resignation to it. This is one of those things where, once again, Mark Ruffalo is given just a handful of lines in this film, really. Yeah. And just does the most with them. He's just so brilliant. Sweet, um, sweet Ruffalo. Sweet, sweet Ruffalo. And then this is where we get that, uh, yeah, he gives his big speech, like, you want to know yeah. who I am? And then the <laughs> boom, thump. And then uh, you, like, you actually think he might be dead. Because there's no indication that he's okay. No. I love Fenrir just like literally sniffs at him and then yeah. keeps walking. Yep. Uh, and yeah, this is where we do kind of question, okay, well now I want to know some things about the invulnerability of Bruce Banner. <laughs> yeah, like can you just shoot that guy and he's okay? Like what's the deal there? Uh, then we get, I love this shot of Hela literally just kind of rubbing Thor's nose in it. Yeah, almost like just, literally. Yeah, just- Pushing him down onto this yep. railing and being like, look at it, look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's very, like, some of the best villains do that, right? You've got Emperor Palpatine and yep. Snoke are just like, no, no, checking out. Yeah, forcing, this is horrible. forcing the good guy to watch is like a big villain thing. It's a, just a dick move. It's yeah. a real dick move. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's something I love about her posture here because she really is just like a bad puppy owner, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Uh, and then Korg... Hey man, hey I'm man. Korg. This is me. Oh, his this whole thing, this entire <laughs> sequence is like if if this movie does so well with its introductions of characters, this like ten minute bit is the best reintroductions of characters, right? Because you've got uh, the Jack and the gun with Valkyrie, and you've got the uh, uh, a whole Korg blowing through a dude as, as he just steps in front of a Heimdall. Be like, hey man, so good. Even like yeah. the hilariousness and sadness of Meek here. Oh, Meek just. Yeah, just he's always doing the karate chops. Like I'm ready to do some karate. <laughs> the way he moves is so hilarious. Oh god, did you ever watch uh, It's Always Sunny? Yes. Yeah. So Mac is always doing his karate moves. Yes. That's he is Mac and Meek. I think Mac, there's something there. Mac, Mac and, and Meek. Meek. Oh my god! Right. Mac and Meek. Ooh. Yeah. It's like the same damn moves. I like that. Um, Even makes the sound when he when Mac does it. Yeah, he does. It does the way. Yeah. The, the foley in this. So good. Yeah. So good. Um, then your savior is here. Yep. Another great reintroduction. Ooh. And yeah. We, oh, my so favorite good. part about this is Thor's laugh. Yep. 
Thor's laugh, that's a mix of, thank God Loki is here. Yeah. And, and also, of course Loki is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot of, packed into that laugh. Yeah, of course he he says your savior is here. Yeah. Like, and fuck. it totally mirrors the the like. Finally, he's almost earned his statue, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it's the same kind of statue with the the horns are up, and there he is. And now he's like, yeah, I'm getting my statue. It's me. <laughs> uh, Heimdall, of course, saw you coming. Yep. And this is where we get our three headed guy. The three headed yep. guy, the poor three headed guy, with one head is one head is Hemsworth, one head is Taika Waititi. Yep. And the third head is, I, I don't know, Dave, who makes yeah, the heads. Dave. Yeah, Dave. If head you know, Dave. If you know who the third head is, please let us know. Yeah, let us know. Tell us. Or, and he just dies. He's just dead now. He just dies immediately. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of interesting, there's like a guy with like a weird cone head helmet, and there's a lot of strange, as you sort of frame by frame this, there's a lot of fun, like people you, I don't remember seeing from the rest of the movie, just weird aliens. It's like this cantina is one of those great shit. moments, um, pulling it back again to- um, to Star Wars where like this is one of those moments where you throw as many weird ideas for creatures as you can into a crowd. Yep. Yeah. And you're like all of these things could potentially live on Asgard. All of these things could potentially be out there in space. Yep. And then just by doing that, just by being like what would be interesting to throw into this crowd, you are then giving either yourself or the next creative team or whatever a hundred new ideas. Yep. It's a field of opportunity. Yeah, that you can really extrapolate and be like, okay, well, I really like the idea of this weird lizard man in a vest with a gun. Who is right, he? Well, that was always the promise of uh, like connected story worlds and transmedia worlds, which generally failed. Usually never really works. Uh, but with Star Wars and Marvel, they do a very good job of like every character is essentially a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. And you can follow that down as far as you'd like and give them as much life and inessential but interesting depth as you care to. And it's also, it's wild to me because it's just like, it's giving concept artists so much power. It's like the idea of storyboarding animated series before you write them. Yep. Where it's just like, I don't know, I'm going to throw out a hundred cool characters and then the writers just get to play with them like action figures. Like, yep. ooh, I like that guy and I like that guy. Let's see what happens. Exactly. I hope we're paying those people enough. Uh, I'm sure we are. I'm sure I've never heard anything about never. concept artists or animators never. being underpaid and overworked. No, always probably the wealthiest people we have. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a queen or a monster. I'm the goddess of death. Yep. I like that because it's just such a, once again, hey, just so you know, this is my purpose. This yeah. is what I was created for. What do you expect? This is, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not, yeah. I'm not the red skull. Right. I'm not this, like, I'm not a weird robot. Like, this yeah. is my purpose that I serve in the universe. But I also love that if you sort of unpack that enough, it's just a, a fucking excuse, right? Yep. Because, like, she could be a gentle goddess of death. She could be a, a forgiving goddess of death, a kind of goddess of death that ushers, even if a whole hall of Asgard into a quiet succor of death yeah but no she's kind of just a she's salty yeah she's a salty salty it's not like it's not like death. she snaps her fingers like like thanos it's yeah. not like she comes to you in your dreams like uh like in the sandman universe and like no. says good for you you did a good job with life i'm sorry right. it's over right come no. with me now she's I like know. what if i killed you all with blades because it's yeah. my fucking well, job I, do, I, I shit blades yeah 
I love what I do for a living. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Screw you. You're all so weak. Uh, and then what were you the god of again? What were you the god of again? Such I, a, again, another like sneering, like, meh. I love it. I love constant, her delivery. The constant minimizing of Thor's place in the pantheon in this movie is so yep. good. It is. Everyone from Jeff Goldblum to fucking Kate Blanchett in this movie. Oh, sparkles. Yeah. Oh, thunder. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Lord of thunder. Yeah. Thunder's not even the one that's visual. Nope. Thunder's like. <laughs> no, it's just like a, it's about a big loud sound. That's just the sound that the other it's thing just makes. just the sound, idiot. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, look at that outfit on Odin again. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been a while. Yep. He's back. I, he's back, and I looked at it again, and I said, damn, mm-hmm. that's a good old guy look. Yeah. He's hey. like a Brooklyn Greenpoint kind of. Maze Rubio, thanks for doing what you do. Well done. Uh, and then this is where your favorite favorite thing comes in, Chuck. Is it? Uh, My favorite thing painted one, on a van? Yeah, this is it. One of your favorite, well, one of your favorite lines from yeah. Odin. Uh are you Thor, the God of hammers? Oh yeah. Are you the God of hammers. It's such a good, like <laughs> such a, cause for a while, I really think that's what he thinks he is. Yeah. Well, it's such a good, they don't get into it too much, but it is such a good thing of when you have any kind of job or any kind of purpose or any kind of image of yourself mm-hmm. without constant self-reflection, which we know Thor is bad at. Yep. You're, over time, your idea of what it is you do or who you are gets very, very twisted. And there are a lot of people, especially in the creative world that I oh, see, yes. that think they are, I don't know, some some piece of equipment, some process. Yeah. We're measured by process and results of that process. Yeah, Only. some system. Like I can't, I can't write if I don't do it like this, which to yeah. a certain extent is true, but- it's not entirely true. You don't need a specific keyboard. You don't need to start at a specific time in the morning, really. You don't need- Well, no, and you don't need to write a certain number of words per day. Yeah. You don't need to match everybody else's output. Like, that's the thing, you know, being a writer, we always compare ourselves to other writers and yeah. how other people are doing it. And, you know, even Stephen King probably looks at J.K. Rowling and is like, shit. Yeah. Uh-oh. Why and, am I not doing that? <laughs> and even, like, I don't have a theme park. I've been doing this for 40 years. What right, the fuck? Exactly. Uh, shit. And it happens a lot with on-camera people too. It's just like, oh, well, I'm the guy who's known for this. I should only do this. Or if I don't do this, this type of bit or this type of shtick on camera, who am I? Are people going to abandon me if I play a different type of character or if I do a different type of thing? And so people get very worried about this and we begin to think that we are the thing and not the person who makes the thing or uses the thing. Right, we are the performance and the reaction to the performance. Yeah, and so I really do love that. And and a lot of times it really is as simple as this. Like as, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you do, I don't know if you do therapy or if you did therapy or if you're Mm -hmm. a person who believes in that. Sure. Um, I definitely, I definitely am. Uh, And sometimes like it really is just as simple as a detached party just looking at you and going like, no, you're not the God of Hammers. Yeah, and also just letting you talk it out. Yeah, and you just say, like, here's what I am, and I feel like this and this and this, just like Thor's saying. It's like, without my hammer, she's too powerful. It's just like, I'm sorry, I forgot. You the god of hammers? hammer was a limitation. I'm sorry, yeah. Are you, I'm sorry, are you an expensive keyboard? Are you a piece of software? Yeah, are you just a piece of meat? Yeah, Um, so I really do love that. Uh, Also, the idea Asgard is not a place is very sweet. yeah. Uh, but also in the comics, so they're not going. They're probably not going to do this in the MCU. They've already shown that uh, 
Odin's choice is kind of Norway. Yeah. But in the comics, there Asgard exists for a while floating over a town in Oklahoma. That's right. That's right. Uh, and the whole idea, and it was a very good, it was a very good little run where the idea is here you have these Shakespearean magical gods who think think they're the best floating over a small town in Oklahoma and the culture clash against working class sort of uh, Midwestern Americans. Yeah, yeah, human beings. Yeah, human beings, and it's Squishy very, human beings, yeah. It was very cool. It was a little, it's, it, was a, it was an arc that was, of course, a little on the nose, but also really great. Um, I enjoyed that idea of Asgard, Oklahoma. <laughs> My favorite musical. Asgard, Oklahoma, where the wind goes whistling down the Bifrost. <laughs> uh, so, and then a very good dad moment, which may not be real. It may just be Thor's imagination, but I like to think it's Asgardian magic giving us this very yeah. good dad moment of I'm not as strong as you No, you're stronger. Yeah. What a good dad. And it, it I don't want to say, uh, it fixes Odin's incredible list of sins. No, but there is a, there is a tiny, uh, acknowledgement in that phrase of who he is. Yes. Right. He gets these, I'm because I think weaker doesn't have to mean, uh, clearly in this talk, it's not talking about just sheer brawny strength. Um, I think it's a, in a general character sense, Thor is stronger. Yes. The, Uh, I, I mean, there is this, there is also this thing of, you know, I saw it much more with my, uh, with my grandparents to my parents than with, uh, than from my parents to me, but my grandparents, you know, were like, uh, world, they came, they came over to America after world war two. They, they escaped the camps and, and wound up in Cleveland, Ohio. And there was this idea of like, listen, I may have to do some shady shit to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Once I've done that shady shit, the idea is you will never have to do the shady shit that I did. I will do what you do not have to do. I'm going to take on, I'm going to be the sin eater here and you're going to be okay because I'm the sin eater. And you know, obviously it wasn't done on the fucking scale of Odin. No, but there is this idea of like the, uh, and you see a lot of it in history and, and sort of in, uh, historical context of the of the warrior king who is bad and then raises their, their children to be like the king, the king that's known for law and the king that's known for mercy. And it's like, right, 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 right. But then in history that gets way more fucked up. Yeah. There's the idea <laughs> you're that like America, you're like, we are a country built on some uh, really unfortunate shit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then we kind of like, now you don't have to do that anymore. But it's like, then it sort of goes like, we just don't acknowledge it. Yeah. But like, we like have just going to forget about it. Should we and, then uh, make reparations for this? No, no, no I did. Don't, you weren't listening. Yeah, don't even look at it. You Pretend it didn't happen. Did yeah. you not hear me? I did it. So you don't have to. And now it's over. Yeah. So shut up about it. <laughs> no, no, no. And there's, I mean, there is a little bit of that in this whole Asgardian thing. Yeah. It's like we, we ruined so many galaxies and, Spilled so much blood and There's stole There's a little bit gold. of PTSD, like speaking from, once again, from the point of view of like my grandparents and, and my family's experience, there's a little bit of PTSD to that too, where it's like, should we yes. talk about it? No. No. No, we should up. not. Shut Everything's fine mouth. now. Please do yeah. not ever bring it up. I am not emotionally prepared to deal with the things that I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Parents should become kind of a seawall of a lot of shit, emotions and uh, history that they don't want to foist upon their kids. I hope they go um, into the ocean. Which sometimes thing it fails. Yeah. I do. I do. I, because I feel like we need to. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then 
we get this thing where Thor finally comes into his own, his self-actualizing moment, literally gets hit with yep. a lightning bolt. <laughs> yep, as one does, yeah. On the nose, just a little on the nose. <laughs> but it's good. All the on-the-nose moments in this movie are good and they, they work. work. They work, they uh, work. Because it does it consistently and all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's not like uh, just one or two. It's the whole fucking movie is like, no, look at it. And we get a Loki insert here that I really enjoy. The, the happy smile of Loki. The little smile watching Thor's self-actualization as this, because there is this idea with Loki, uh, you know, Loki's playing the 4D chess. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe part of Loki's plan in his nefarious way was for Thor to like realize his true abilities. Well, because his smile is indicative of him being aware of what's coming. He's not surprised. Yeah. He is not shocked in that moment. He's like, there it is. Uh, Yeah. That's what that is. It's a there it is smile. And then there's another, there's another thing that's like, well, Maybe that wasn't part of his plan, but he did know it was coming, and so everything is somehow going according to whatever Loki's plan is. <laughs> right, like, right, whatever his hasty plan is. It's, it's wild to me that over 19 movies, they've managed to keep Loki interesting and not, um, I'm not tired of it. No, of he shouldn't stick. have been. I feel like uh, Hiddleston is key to that. And you know, the great thing is Loki's totally fine, and uh, nothing fine. will ever happen to Loki. He and, and Heimdall went to a state, uh, up, up, a farm upstate. Here's to another 20 movies with both of them who are fine. The best, the best, they're Partners in crime, alive uh, and well. And here comes, as far as I'm concerned, the return of Thor's official theme song that uh, must be played in every movie now when Thor shows up. Yeah, and it's disappointing that it's not in Infinity War. Oh, God. Just as I'm disappointed that Hela is not in there, I am disappointed that when he shows up with a raccoon on his shoulder, we do not get this song. We, uh, I, I know that- It in, shouldn't work. It in shouldn't earlier work. episodes, we did talk about yeah. why it was so tough to get Immigrant Song- yeah. But like, once you get it, you can't take Use it back. It. Use it. You can't unring that immigrant song. No. Um, play it. Play it. Uh, so it's it's very good. Uh, Thor does like a cannon spike here. I don't know if you're a Street Fighter person, but he does Cammy's move. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where he's okay. like spinning through the air horizontally. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Yep. Raiden in Mortal Kombat, that's right. Oh, it's so good. This fight, and- Kudos to, uh, I forgot to look up the fight choreographer and the action and the stunt coordinator's name, but kudos to the change in Thor's fighting style. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed like the way he stands with like a much more open stance now. His mm-hmm. stance is right. much more like the, um, almost in a Kung Fu movie, he stands like the heavy. Come at me. Yeah. You know, his, his fists yeah. are not guarding his body. He's taking no. like these very careful, like these big heavy kicks, a single kick at a time, and then resting yeah. his weight down and yep. taking time to reposition. Like Thor is no longer desperate. He is no longer in a hurry. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't need to guard himself with the hammer. No, it's, it's really wonderful to when character stuff is reflected in physicality like that. Yep. Not every movie takes the time to do it. No. Um, and then- Man, right at this mark, Chuck. Bingo, bingo. We're back on track, baby. We're back in it. They did it. They fixed it. We, Just one. They get one. They get one slip up. They get one. We got one slip okay. up. We got one. Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't ask us about episode Never two. Never ask us about episode two. Stop uh, it. They got one slip up, and now they're back on track, and exactly at the one hour, 50 minute mark, the fucking fireworks return. That's right. It's my birthday. And- there's Valkyrie in her ar- in her shiny armor, mm. just mm-hmm. strutting. She literally struts. Yeah, she's just, yeah, there's a sachet, sway, strut. 
It's so good, man. The fi- everybody's physical acting in this uh. movie is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is it. This is where we're gonna. Um, this is where we're gonna see it happen, man. Yeah. All this and shit's gonna happened. go down, and I think this. I think next episode is. Oh God damn it! It's the end of Thor Ragnarok. And that's the. It's the end of everything then, really. And what are we gonna do, Chuck? I don't know, but there will be either no more podcasts for anybody. Yeah. We've, or we'll have to think of something. We've spoken to Apple, and yeah. they've graciously agreed. Well, they, I mean, what, what they know, they get it. They're going to replace everybody's podcasts with um, an, a U2 album. <laughs> yeah, a U2 album. A new... uh, topical reference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to bring up some, some lovely things people have been saying lately. Some niceness. About Ragnatok. Uh, first of all, yeah. I did want to mention, there were a couple times, uh, co- we got a couple emails and a couple comments from people that mentioned uh, the Max Temkin episode and yeah. saying they were a little weirded out by the fact that we brought somebody on that doesn't mm-hmm. like the movie. Oh, but that's okay. I think it's great. We have to. You have, <laughs> first of all, and I don't know that it did he doesn't like it, but I mean, he has negative thoughts about it. Like, I don't know, uh, pretty much everything I love, I have some kind of negative thought about. I think there's a... Uh, I th- I think there is, and I don't want to get too uh, too conceptual and too down the rabbit hole here. Yeah, but I do yeah, think yeah, there's yeah. something over over the last uh, over the last five ten years, particularly with things like podcasts, YouTube videos, uh, sort of digital media stuff. Criticism and critique has become uh, very very polarized. Oh, I agree with that entirely. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It, it's got to be big. You got to either really disagree or really agree. Well, and also that the critique has taken on the mask of uh, like a binary, it's good or it's bad, it's great or it's crap. Not like, I mean, critique literally in the sense of like a, a criticism and critique is often just picking apart things. It's not necessarily assigning them a value. Yeah. It's just things that maybe worked or didn't work or where they come from or why they fit with the rest of it or why they don't. Uh, and that's it. And it's just subjective shit. Yeah. And, and I think o- it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I think it's I think it's totally fine. And in the case of like an actual discussion uh between people, here's here's the other thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Online me uh, like online stuff is very much about um I'm right, you're wrong. Yep. Because because the conversations are so are so quick. And they're yes. so removed from somebody whose face you know and somebody yeah. who th- you're not sitting across eating pie after a movie. Yeah. And and this is different. Like critique really from a friendly source or from a source that's critiquing you in good faith is important because it crystallizes your opinions on things. Talking yes. to Max really helped me crystallize some things like you and I high-fiving back and forth is dope because we both love this thing. But having a, a good discussion with a friend that kind of doesn't love the thing as much is good because it helps me think like, oh, why do I like this? And oh, how, what purpose does this bit serve? Well, and do I like it despite it? And is there a, uh, a purpose? Yeah, like you said, is there a purpose behind it? Is there, is there a reason that I am into it yeah, and, and other can, people might not? And you can learn why you're, and by learning why you're into it, you then sort of learn why it works or doesn't work for you. And then if you are somebody who creates things, you go, oh, that moment, I understand why that worked. I can use something like that here. Yeah, and why it emotionally connects with me and why I would want to use it again in my own work. Yeah, and that's another thing too, is like I, I fully, when I talk to people about Ragnarok, I'm like, listen, this is a Marvel movie for me. 
Yeah. This one, this one, it spoke to me so much that I yes. walked out of it going, nobody uh, can like this movie, yeah. right? <laughs> I like this too much. Yeah. yeah, I like it too much. This is too absurd. There was a, there was a thing about uh, like a million years ago when the, when the state was a thing. The state is like one of my favorite comedy troops of all time. Oh God, yeah. The state is amazing and their legacy shines on to this day. Unbelievable. So Any, anybody like Michael Ian Black, David Wayne, Michael Showalter, yeah. Carrie. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Still shows Ken Marino. And, Marino yeah, yeah, all of these things um, come from the state. They were, they were the a state. group in college and they had a rule that like if you were if you were like really laughing to yourself yeah. as you were writing something, you had to not only double check it with everyone, <laughs> but promise yeah. that you were okay with it not being funny. Because yeah. anything that you are writing that you're just like howling at comes from a deep part of yourself. That may not be for others. It may not be for others. Yeah. Uh, and that's- Now, it also may totally be for others, or it may be for a narrow audience that is okay. But- you need to check check that and test it yeah. before you uh, just let it fly. And so I think it's uh, I think it's okay to have somebody on that that kind of helps you figure that out. And it's okay to like. That- well, and I also feel like he wasn't aggro about it. No, right? he's not a guy who's like, "What you guys like this? What are you fucking idiots?" It's like, oh, oh no, I feel sad now. That's what I don't want to. I just don't want to feel sad about a thing I like. Yeah, absolutely. The internet is very good about making you feel sad about either a thing you don't like or a thing you like. Well, and I think that's the other thing is we need to be sure that the internet is not making us oversensitive to this sort of critique as well. Yes. Because right. then we don't get to have these these kind of good discussions that we can have. Um, so, yeah. but we do thank you all for for writing in and for caring so much about the podcast and the movie and the show that you're- Yeah, we like, did kill Max. They, they do know that, right? Yeah, we, we are- he's, he's dead now. He is banned for sure. Yeah, he's, yeah. We, he's not allowed- We covered up life. the fresco of Max life. with a fresco yeah. of us. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Moving halos and everything. Well, that is Beautiful. where all the that is where all the gold came from. Is from the destruction Chef's of kiss. Max. Um, <laughs> but no, it's one of the thi- one of the things I love about Max is how passionate he is about uh, critiquing things. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, in a more important internet comment, uh, Annie LeBlanc asked um, that I asked me if I uh, we're talking about having an apple tree planted on my grave. And she said, but what if it was a red delicious apple tree? Oh. Um, which no one would fucking do that to me. I would. No one. You goddamn it. I would, though. A, you know, you I'd be like, this is what he wanted, right? Da, da, no, da, da, that's da, the da. liar apple. Put the, the garbage apple. Put the garbage apples down oh, there for you, buddy. I will, that, those apples will be filled with my blood and rage. Just some real fucking trash apples. God damn. Uh, but we want to- I'd f- rather have crab apples. I want to I wanna shout out just real quick some names here. Uh, Becky mm-hmm. Graves, uh, LaKim Burnett, uh, Matthew Cox, Doug Hand Turkey, Chili Brooklyn, Eric Sabio. These are all people that were tweeting about the podcast. Uh, Bartleby Cloud. Everybody's been, people have been so nice. So uh, and it's great that everybody's finding the show now when we're almost done. It's <laughs> good, but see, but we're not a. I like we're not a topical thing. You can always you can play this annually. Sure, when there's one set of footprints in, in the sand, nope. that's when Ragnatok was carrying you. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, thank you all for for tweeting at us. Uh, I'm at yeah. a Carboni. I am at Chuck Wendy. And you can also email us at grandmaster at ragnatalk.com. And, you know, let us know how you're feeling about the show, how you're feeling about anything we've said, and what- What, what should we do next? What should What's, we do next? Like in life and on a podcast. Yeah, please help me. I am I am adrift like a Tony Stark. <laughs>